Wow, I wasn't quite ready to uh, get going. I thought I had at least a couple of minutes to recalibrate, but that is fantastic. And it's great this morning uh, to be talking um, at the start of a new year after a really amazing Christmas period. We've had some profound meetings here uh, the carol service, the children's Christmas Day itself. We've had the uh, the food bank hampers, that initiative. We've just seen a video about that, a wonderful time. And then just yesterday, the reason the decorations are still up is just yesterday, uh, this room was full of uh, the local Ukrainian refugee community and, and some of their hosts as we celebrated Christmas with them and had uh, a massive party in here and it was just wonderful to see there was uh, Ukrainian folk dancing happening at uh, at the front here there are things that we could learn uh, it was absolutely brilliant and uh, and all these things come uh, under the umbrella of us being a church where we want to see mission come first and opportunities to reach out and bless and to connect with our local community. And then this morning, we've had a very uh, significant moment, the privilege of appointing Josh as an elder. Significant for Josh, significant for Ellie, but significant for us as a whole church together as well. I became the the team leader here in September 2019 and one of the things that I said on that day was that uh, I didn't feel that my leadership was necessarily going to be defined by everything that I did but it was going to be defined by the people who we were able to raise up and release in different ways. And I think we've started that process in, in areas in the staff team and other things, but also to be able to raise up and release new elders in the life of the church. We've had two new elders since then, and we want to continue to be on that process, to be raising up and releasing people in their call in God. It's one of our primary tasks as we lead the church, and we're really Really um, excited to be doing that. And then as I was looking at this morning and, and these talks at the beginning of the year and at the start of the term, we've entitled them The Way Ahead. But I really felt sort of that God was speaking to me to just take a pause. And there's a few things we need to tell you about which are really exciting. But we're not just like reeling off a list of things we're going to do, but actually to take a pause and to sit back and really share some of my heart with you at the start of the year, at the start of this season, as to my heart and my passion for the church. I don't just mean Barnabas Community Church here in Shrewsbury. When I use the term church, uh, I mean the church worldwide. I mean the churches around us in our area. But then I do also mean this congregation, this this gathering, this ecclesia, this coming together of brothers and sisters that is Barnabas Community Church in which we find ourselves. Being part of a church and being part of this church has had a huge impact on my life in a number of ways. And next week, when I kick off a new series on prayer, I'm going to be telling a sto- some stories of the impact of the prayers and the words of other Christians in this church during my life. I remember uh, youth leaders speaking into my life when I was a teenager, which really, that, that was the trigger for me to be able to put my faith in the Lord Jesus. I remember older, mature Christians speaking prayerfully and with wisdom over me 
and into my life. I remember specific prophecies coming to me as an individual person from other members of this church, some of whom I knew and some of whom I didn't know. And I remember being prayed for, being prayed for by friends uh, at some of the hardest moments in my life, but then also being prayed for by people who I really didn't know that well, who could speak with real uh, authority and insight into my life as they prayed in the Holy Spirit. And all of that is, uh, means that my life looks very different. I am a completely different person going in a different direction to what I thought I was going to be. I'm living in a different place. I'm doing a different job to what I thought I was going to do because I've been connected to God's people. I've been part of a church family in this wonderful thing called the church. And I'm going to expand on that next week and give you the details of some of those amazing experiences. And it's experiences like that that led me to do uh, uh, some reading and uh, some listening to talks to people who spoke of restoring the church back to the principles, back to the practice of the New Testament, of the importance of uh, the church in God's purposes, carrying the presence of God, being God's people how the church is really significant in God's whole plan. And I remember visits to Shrewsbury uh, back in the day. Some of you will remember this. Some of you will have no idea what I'm going on about. But I remember visits to Shrewsbury from national leaders like uh, Campbell McAlpine and Colin Urquhart and Roger Forster. People who came and spoke and, and set this big vision, this big picture of what the church was and what the church could be and then in the mid 90s we uh, we got to know about Terry Virgo and his movement of churches new frontiers and then developed a personal relationship with a guy called Dave Devonish based in Bedford just at the time that they were planting churches all over the midlands and we connected with leaders and we connected with churches that inspired us to be so much more but it wasn't just people and experiences. It was from the scriptures as well. Abraham receives a promise that there will be great witness all over the earth through him. And it looked like that was lost in Egypt. But then there was the great miracle of coming out, of being rescued, the exodus being led into a land of promise where they would have a law that they could follow. But it goes wrong again. Leadership fails them again. They end up in captivity. They end up in exile. And yet there's then a return. There's a, there's, a, there's a coming back to the land of promise, but it goes quiet for a few hundred years. And then, at a time, no one was expecting it. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. In a small town, a child was born. And everything changes from that point. The teaching, the miracles, the death, and then the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And at that point, this promise that's been restricted to, uh, to a specific people in a specific place is now open to everyone. Open to all people in all places for all time. And it's at that point in the journey of God's salvation plan that the church starts 
And the church is caught up into this massive picture of what God is doing throughout history. And it was at that point that something in me, like in my guts, actually changed. This, this vision, this heart, this, this passion for a church that, that would represent the vibrancy of our God in our generation. That's part of God's big picture through the ages. Many of the church buildings around us in this nation stand almost as monuments or museums to what was a cutting-edge faith in the generation that built them. I don't dismiss it. We honour those who've gone before. We work with our brothers and sisters locally. We love them. We honour them. But every generation has its own moves of God. And out of that come new churches, new expressions of church life being birthed. If you look back at the history of this nation, whether it was the Reformers or the Puritans or the Methodists or the Baptists or the Salvation Army or the Pentecostals, every time, every generation, when they open the scriptures, when they get back to the basics of what the true gospel is, some of the core truths of what God is calling us to, we've seen spiritual renewal in our nation. We've seen revival in our nation. Almost always it starts with going back to the Bible, going back to the basics and putting it into practice. And in every single one of those renewal movements in our nation, the church has always been right in the center of what is happening, of God moving. Let it be in our day, Lord. Let it be in this generation. And as we connected with uh, this family of churches, uh, some of the verses in Scripture seem to come alive in Acts 9, verse 31. It says, The church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers, so we can have an expectation of a strengthened and a growing church as we live our lives wholeheartedly following God and allowing the Holy Spirit to shape, to equip, and to empower us. These things leave me with a really high view of the importance of the church. But let's just get it right. Jesus first. He's the Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords. The scriptures are the foundation. The authority is found in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit is the power. The Holy Spirit is the one who works. And if you put all those things together, then the church happens. So it's not that the church is at the top. Jesus is at the top, the scriptures are the authority, the Holy Spirit is the power. But as those three things come together, then the church happens. Is the church perfect then? No, it certainly isn't. I can prove that to you very easily. It's not perfect because I'm in it. 
And I don't want to be rude, and I haven't met all of you who are here with us this morning, but I think you probably bring your own issues as well. So let the grace of God abound amongst all of us, because we need him. Is the church messy? Well, sadly, yes, it can be in all sorts of ways. Disappointments, broken relationships, people getting hurt in and by the church. We're no different. We're not immune from any of that. So this morning isn't meant to be like some misguided or fluffy or sugar-coated view of the church. I look at the church in this country and in many ways I can feel quite sad about what it's become. But what I'm looking to do is, is go back to the underlying foundation of what it is in God's sight and what it could be in reality. The church has an absolutely vital role in God's purposes. It was birthed at Pentecost through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus ascended and he sent his Holy Spirit that people would come to faith in him and the church was born. And our risen and ascended Lord Jesus is coming back and he's coming back again for his bride, the church. So the ascended Jesus sent the Spirit and the ascended Jesus is coming back for his church. And we're in that middle bit now. Where are we on the list? I don't want to get in contra- Where are we on that scale? Who knows? But we're somewhere about there. We're in between these two points, the start line and the finish line, the birth of the church, Jesus coming back for his bride. And we're here in between those two points with our part of that race in our generation. Many people have given up on the importance and the value of the church. They've lost their way a bit on what it means, on how important it is. I haven't. I don't believe that we have. The gathered church in fellowship together, the importance of of preaching the word, of, of declaring the truths of scripture through worship, being open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, praying for one another and praying for the world around us, showing kindness and compassion to our local community, giving people the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus and calling them to make a response themselves team leadership, serving the people with input from outside and body ministry as we gather together because we are all living stones being built into God's household, into something way bigger than what each of us are gifted for. And the church is also a prophetic symbol, one man and woman in Christ, every tribe and tongue and nation, cutting across barriers of of race, of age, of language, of any other thing that society seeks to use to divide people. The church shows the unity and the grace of God in a prophetic way in our society. So if you're here this morning and you're someone and your cultural background is not white British, You are an answer to prayer for us here in Barnabas Community Church, for us Salopians, 
that you would come to Shrewsbury and be part of declaring, part of expressing one new man and woman in Christ. Every tribe and tongue and nation, we consider it a privilege to reflect many different cultures. We're now going to open scriptures together and we're just going to dig into a couple of these points once more. And the first thing I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it again, that the church is so important in the purpose of God. Matthew 16 verse 18. And I tell you that you're Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus himself is building his church on the foundation of those first believers, the truths that were revealed to them, the truths that they put down in what became our scripture. That is his purpose and evil will not overcome it. And in every generation, there are nations in this world where there is evil trying to suppress and stop and block and destroy the church. And it is never ever truly in any way successful. Jesus is building his church. There's times where I've looked into the impossibility of a situation and I've just thought to myself, Jesus, I'm glad you're building your church because I can't see a way through this. But Lord, humbly, lead us forward into the future that you see for us. Ephesians 3 from verse 10. His intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. His intent, God's actual intent, what he was trying to do through the church is displaying his wisdom, not just to the people and the communities around it, but in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual realm. Wow, that is just incredible. And the word manifold there, it means multicolored. It was used when uh, many colors of a painting or in a tapestry in those times. You know when you see a painting and, uh, and it looks amazing and and then as you get closer to it you can just see it's so intricate and there's so many more colors than you realized but sometimes and there's different layers and and sometimes as you get closer to a painting you can actually see that up close it looks it looks a little bit messy it looks you can't quite see what's going on it's only when you take a step back and you see the whole picture you think wow it's a bit like that Uh, I'm not very arty and don't really understand much of it, but I am fascinated um, by uh, Monet's water lilies. And they're exactly like that. If you look at them from a meter away, they don't look like much. If you step back five meters away, they're absolutely incredible. Taking a step back to see the manifold, the multicolored wisdom of God on display through the church. So we do believe that the church is really important for the purposes of God. The church is also part of carrying the presence of God. Matthew 18:20 For where two or three gather in my name there I 
and with them. By its nature, this, this gathering of Christian brothers and sisters, this, this coming together, does something in the spirit to do with the presence of God. We, we want to draw close to Jesus. We, we want to see more, more of the work of Jesus in our world. One of the ways we can do that is to continue to gather because as we gather in big settings, in small settings, as we gather, two or three or more, he is with us. He's present. We have the Holy Spirit inside us as we go uh, about our daily lives, reflecting uh, something of God to people. But when we gather, when we come together, there is something uniquely different about that. And it's part of our witness as well. One of my favorite verses in the Psalms is this, Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Well, how do you taste something then? It's when you actually experience it. When you either make it yourself or someone else makes it and offers you some. Now, I've got something of a confession here that I really won't, I realize won't be popular with everyone, but I'm just going to put it out there and we'll pick up the pieces later. This isn't a very widely popular opinion, but I don't really like the Great British Bake Off. There you go. I've said it. Can you feel the room change there? Can you feel the coldness and the icy atmosphere? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Why on earth would I watch other people labor really hard making food that looks amazing and then watch someone else eat it while saying that they don't like it? That seems completely and totally bonkers to me. This is the way I think it should happen. You walk past a Greg's, you pop in, you get a sausage roll, and you get stuck in. I don't, I'm not uptown, and I think to myself, you know what, I'm really peckish today. I really fancy a picture of a sausage roll. Oh, just a little bit hungry. You know what, I'm going to go on YouTube, and I'm going to watch some videos of someone else eating a pastry. No, I want to taste it myself. If you're here this morning and you're unsure of your faith, can I invite you to taste and see that the Lord is good? The words you've heard from the Bible, let them come alive in your heart. The feeling of engagement as we worship together, let it speak to you. All these different people here have found the same thing. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, the good news of Jesus is for you. It can change your life. There's family here to belong to. And I think deep down somewhere, you, you know that that might just be true because you've just tasted it and you've just seen it and, and, and you've just witnessed it. And in a way that it's difficult to put words to, you've just felt it. The presence of God dwells 
amongst his people. And that leads us to the final point in this bit, the people of God. The church are the people of God called out and set apart for him. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There is visible witness to the Lord Jesus Christ in Shrewsbury this morning because today you can come and the people of God are here and in many of the other churches who we love and we honour locally. Tomorrow we're going to be in the workplaces and the schools and the neighbourhoods and the places where we work and the places where we live and the places where we play. And we're going to be making our contribution. We're going to be bearing witness to Christ as we do it. But today, as we gather, we are the people of God, a visible witness in a very unique and special way. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Jesus is alive and evidence of that is his body living and breathing the church at work in our area. Matthew 5, 15, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. We literally live in a city on a hill. Well, it's a town, isn't it? Because they fell out a few hundred years ago on whether it was going to be an abbey or a cathedral. And that's why church politics sucks. But we're a town on a hill anyway. And if you go out of that door there and look up, you can see a city on a hill that you can see for miles around. That's what a vibrant church community is like. Whether it was at the start in Acts where thousands of people got saved and then they were meeting in the temple courts and the whole city of Jerusalem knew who they were and what they were doing. Or maybe it was in Antioch where so many of them got saved. These, these followers of the way, they gave them a special name, a derogatory name. They called them little Christs, Christians, because they were everywhere. Or maybe in Ephesus where Paul hires the lecture hall of Tyrannus, which is one of uh, a, a large public building where they met every night uh, reaching unbelievers teaching the believers they were in each other's homes they broke bread together they had fellowship they knew each other all the one another verses of the new testament they were doing that with each other but there were also large and visible gatherings as they came together that everybody in town would have known about the large and the small. And I've, I've felt that God's uh, spoken to me about that recently to do with us and uh, how we're building as a church and to make sure that we continue to grow in the depth of our relationship as well as the breadth of people, to, bring, uh, uh, to build real lasting relationships with one another as well as being part of a much larger gathering. That's why we were delighted to launch the Table for Six initiative uh, last year, which we know lots of people are involved with. It's why uh, we're looking again at midweek groups and 
And uh, we started a new midweek group in September, and I'm delighted to say that we're launching a new midweek group this week. So uh, if you're new to the church or you've been coming for a while and you're not in a group and you're interested in joining one, this is a time of a new group starting where you could be right in at the beginning. Come and talk to us because we want to grow in breadth of people as we gather, but also in depth of relationships. And there's a few other new things just to touch on now, and then I'm going to finish. We've been talking about the rhythm of church life together with prayer and fasting at the start of each term. And uh, we want to continue to grow in the prayer life of the church. So we're about to start a uh, a three-week series on prayer. And uh, Daniel Jenkins has shaped that for us. He's going to be doing um, a couple of the talks and he's going to be involved uh, more and more in helping to shape the sort of the prayer life and the prayer culture in the life of the church and one thing we're doing is from this week we're launching a new daytime in-person prayer meeting it's going to be 1 p.m on Thursdays from this week. We've set it up at that time, so if it's your lunch break, you might still be able to come. You can bring your sandwiches if you need to. The guys who lead the Sunday evening prayer focus said we're really in faith for a a daytime in-person meeting at a time everyone can get to, so uh, those who aren't working can get to. So one o'clock, and hopefully people can still make it in their lunch hour. We're starting this week. Guess what the subject is for this week? We are going to pray that this building does not flood in the next few weeks. I keep saying this to people. No, we're not praying about flooding. We're praying about not flooding. That's what we are praying for. But we're just going to try that out. A new prayer meeting, a new initiative, a new opportunity to grow in that space. This week on Tuesday, the elders sat down together and and we shared some of our own goals uh, for this year, for the church, for our ministry. It was a really great time of being open with one another, encouraging one another. And one thing that became clear in that conversation is that we are are stirred in our faith for for breakthrough, for, for miracles, for seeing God work in even greater power. Adding Josh into our team is fantastic and we want to release him uh, to be doing more stuff but we also uh, don't just want to overload him with things, we want to give him chance to continue to develop and grow. And one thing that we we reflected on as we were discussing it was was just the, uh, a real sense of the amazing foundation that exists within this church. And we feel a responsibility as as people who are carrying that mantle at the moment. Those who've gone before us and what they've built. This building and all of its facilities. the, The reputation in the local community. The unity that we have in the senior leadership in the way that we thank God for. A wider leadership team who are outstanding in every way. A staff team totally committed to serving the church and the people here. The vital signs are all in place for growth and breakthrough and outreach and more and more people coming to a living faith in Jesus. And I'm going to finish with a question for you and then we'll pray. The manifold, multicolored, wisdom 
of God. Think of each one of us as brushstrokes of a painting. Different colors, different shapes, different sizes, different parts of this overall picture. And if you get up close and look at an individual brushstroke, it might even seem a little bit messy or, or anything like that. But it's when you step back and you see what God is doing. You see the, the manifold, the, the multicolored thing that God is doing through his church. So if you're relatively new and you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I'm not even sure sort of where I fit here or, or how it's all going to work out, can I just really encourage you to come and bring your brushstroke, to come and bring your, your color, to come and bring your contribution. You don't have to come and do something that someone else is doing. We need the, the, the multicolored, we need the variety, we need the different gifts of what God is bringing together so that we can all stand back and we can say to ourselves, this is what God has done amongst us. There's loads more stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking to the leaders next Saturday. We'll be talking to the members later this term, filling you in on all sorts of ways we're walking forward. But I didn't just want to do the what we're doing talk today. I wanted to do the why and the, the, the passion that God has given us to continue to see his kingdom come in our generation as we faithfully build his church. A quick prayer. And then I'm going to hand back. Father, we thank you for everything we've seen and heard this morning. We thank you for the way we can serve our local community. We thank you for the links we have overseas. We thank you for new leadership raised up and released in our midst. Lord, we recognize that the church has many failings and weaknesses. But at the same time, we see its role in your purposes. And we want to make ourselves humbly available to you in this generation. Lord Jesus, it's our heart that more and more people come to a living faith in you, repenting from their old way of life and putting their faith in your death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. Use us, Lord, as a witness to you in every possible creative way that we are and we do as a church together Would you use us to bear witness to Christ in this generation? Amen.